previously on Kawhi Fi Quest. Look, Pistol Pete, we're flying! We're finally at the fjords! And it only took us 13 episodes! That's like a whole season of anime. Does that mean something big's about to happen for you guys? Coco, look at your pigeon. He's glowing. He's not a pigeon. He's a... Oh my, Hestia. Pistol Pete, are you okay? Wait, is Pistol Pete evolving? And no, he looks like he's molting. I I think he's having another panic attack. He doesn't have panic attacks. No, Pete, it's okay. You're safe. Calm down, I can help. Baby. I Be speak some bird. You kind of have to if you want to ask directions in the clouds. Oh yeah? What's Goose like? Uh, a lot of swearing and foretelling the end of the days. It's a bit uncomfortable, actually. We don't like to talk to him. So what's Pistol Pete saying? Uh, pedicabo ego vos... Stop, we can't say that on air. Not even in an ancient dead language. <laughs> Especially not in a dead language. That's half our listeners. Well, he blames Coco for losing his feathers. What? Why? I was only trying to help. And you took him flying far too high and far too fast. But I thought he was enjoying that. He's a dragon. And anyway, that's your fault too, you turnip. And you keep insisting that he's a dragon. Look, the shopkeeper told me he was. I went in there, I said I wanted a dragon, that's what he gave me. He's not a dragon at all. What? I told you that guy was pulling your leg. He's actually a wyvern. Wait, seriously? What? Well, why didn't you say so? Why didn't anyone tell me? He says he hates you. What? No! But you did get him to the fjords. And as such, he has to give you a boon. Seriously, where does that sound keep coming from? Have we finished the quest? But why is he still all fluffy and not, uh, scaly? Unfortunately, you're only halfway done. To turn him back into a weapon, you have to take part in the greatest challenge known to dragons. Uh, is that some sort of fight against a dragon? No, it's Dragon's Den. That sounds dangerous. Well, it's a game show. It's quite popular, actually. It's over 9,000! Nani? Configure the language logic interface for Japanese. Kawaii-fi. Kawaii-fi. Kawaii-fi Radio. Kanichiwa, and welcome to another episode of Kawaii-fi Radio, the podcast where we look into the world of anime and manga. I'm your host, Kyle, and joining me are my co-hosts, as ever, Coco and Kenny. How you doing, guys? Hey, all. Pretty good. Pretty warm, though. Yeah, it's a it's a very, very hot day yeah. here in Australia. Yes, it yes. is. Where we are. Indicative of the winter season of anime. Yeah, that, <laughs> it's, it's perfectly timed. Who would have thought? I mean, just <laughs> wonderful. wonderful. Right. <laughs> but we do need to talk about what's airing at the moment first. And Somali and the Forest Spirit we managed to catch a few episodes mm. of. And beautiful. Yeah. Like, I'm, breathtaking yeah. artwork. I'm thoroughly enjoying it so far. And it's kind of uh, comfier than I was suspecting. Absolutely yeah. nothing bad feels like it's going to happen. Shh, uh, I kind of get the feeling that this is going to end in Kyle, absolutely nothing bad is going to happen to that adorable child and, and her, her charming father. I, I, I can't really D- agree. Anyway, so let's happen. talk about this, Kenny, because obviously Kyle... Isn't interested. I, I am interested. I just no. Look, look You're at the ju- disinterested. You just want to rain on it. I don't. I, please let totally us. Please on our let parade. the suspension of belief continue. <laughs> okay, that everything it, is going continue. to be hunky dory, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to be happy yep, because yep. this is a lovely, happy anime where nothing. Anyway, this um, is a nice so story about the extinction of humanity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lovely, there lovely. are hardly any humans in this anime. Basically, we're in a world where 
everything is um, fantastical. It's mm. amazing the imagination. Um, it's like you're kind of a fantasy kingdom kind of setting where mm. in any other anime you would see like humans, dwarves, mm. lizard folks, and elves sort of getting along. But in this, like the, mon- the monsters won. In yeah. between, yeah, the monsters won. They uh, don't like humanity. Humanity were kind of eh, to them at the start. Mm. Yeah, and so what they is? have gone sort of missing, except for this one young child. Yeah. So basically, um, there's a forest and the guardian of the forest is a golem. Mm. One day he finds a human child with chains still around her hiding. And um, unlike other animes, we then skip forward in time. We don't cover the whole, oh, let me clean you up. Let, let me make sure you're okay. Where did you come from? How'd you get here? Yeah. No, we skip straight to the like their, to, to the journey in journey. To the meat phase. and potatoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it's it's really quite wonderful. Like the animation style's beautiful, mm. the audio, mm. like all, the music and the background sounds and everything is just incredibly well composed. And the colors are jumping out. Mm. Yeah, and especially the colors and the art. It's like it's another kind of a fantasy, but it's got such a unique mm. look to it. And the child's name is Somali. She's been dressed up to be to to appear as a minotaur child. Yes, she mm. has. She has little she horns can't... stitched onto her. Unfortunately, hood. every time I near her, hear her name, I just go. I am the captain now. <laughs> so <laughs> I never thought of that what a until reference. now. That's, see, it's just ruined. Cheers, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep my hands off that. But on the note of keeping hands off, keep your hands off Aizuki-en. This is a amazing show. I think we uh, mentioned the art style when we... I uh, keep going back to art styles. Um, when we first uh, took a look at this at yeah, the start, start of the, the anime season. season. Yes. And um, oh. I figured it was just going to be kind of like... Uh, you know, an interesting kind of adventure where they occasionally go into their sort of fantasy scape. But no, they're also teaching us about animation and how to do yeah. and how to animate things. Now, Japan Production. is once again doing us another educate. Mm-hmm. It is, and it's a lovely educate, to be honest. This is done by the same guy who did uh, Night's Short Walk on Girl and Devilman Crybaby. Mm-hmm. So he, he's got a, you know, well, he's the director at least, and he, he's got, you know, that sort of experience before where he's been involved in both the animation process and the directing and writing so it's, it's really quite impressive to see mm, so it tells the story of three girls who meet it well which is well we, we went over this the last episode yeah. but obviously these three girls want to make animation in various um uh roles and they've been given a kind of a clubhouse that's yeah. <laughs> basically a tetanus disaster (laughs) everything is rusty but you know what when i first saw this shed Mm. structure that they're that they've been given i was reminded of the glass house that georges melies used whoa um, uh georges melies the like old school old school kind of black and white film director to the moon Ah. one of i think the first film it, it might be a homage to exists. it because there is a lot in this which looks at the tradition of both animation and film as part of the yep. actual storytelling. It's yep. a love letter, essentially, to film and animation. Yep. We might have to do some research and on this. And the entire production behind it and every episode, they have adventures, but it's ima- in their imagination. So you it's see where cool. they're going with it and it's just like, this is what... It's like to be an artist, yeah, hmm. and to imagine what's going to happen, and then and, and you can see sort of like the b- 
behind the scenes bits as mm. well. I absolutely love this anime. It's a very creative exploration of animation. Yes. I, I've really enjoyed it and I just can't wait to see where it goes. Very happy. And the it. characters are all <laughs> very memorable. Oh, I love it. And their backpacks yeah. are so cool. The, ver- the backpacks are actually very cool. Yeah. One of them's um, two Converse sneakers jammed together. That's what it looks like. One the of them up- looks like a payphone, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other, one? the other one's actually just more of a just a normal military yeah. rucksack. Yeah, it's a uh, camouflage like yeah. her hat. Yeah. Yes. So she can hide in plain sight. So there's, she can observe. There's mm. such different characters, and the way they're drawn is just, they've got such character. Mm. They're so unique. It's not like every other sort of stock standard um, mm. female high school aged kid. Like they, yeah. they're different shapes. They're different heights. They're like they're they're different, so different personalities. And that opening theme mm. uh, is just bonkers. It is. <laughs> It'll stay stuck it in my really head. is. <laughs> well, look, we do need to talk about what we're doing today, and this episode we're talking about reboots because there's mm-hmm. the reboot of Sorcerer Stabber Orphan, and that's now in full swing this season. And in Hollywood culture, we are used to seeing these reboots fairly regularly across all mediums. That's from you know your big budget films and to cartoons and TV shows. I'd say too used to it. It's too used to reboots. There's mm-hmm. just too many but japan has a slightly different take when it comes to rebooting their shows and it's why we've only seen you know a handful of shows at least recently getting the full reboot treatment so i have a question for both of you Mm -hmm. this episode by the end of the show we all have to come up with an anime that we would like to see rebooted and explain why in the same medium in the same medium Mm, okay. And uh, hey, if you're enjoying what you're hearing so far, maybe consider hitting that subscribe button and uh, let joining us, us know. for a little bit. No, let, no, us, let know us know what, what you'd like you to like. see rebooted. <laughs> but yes. before we get on to this episode's main topic, it's time for the anime news. Making headlines. Really? Sort of. Anime news. More Maiden Abyss is on the way, and Digimon is getting the reboot treatment. This is Kawaii Fi Anime News. Netflix has entered into an agreement with Studio Ghibli to add the company's entire film catalogue out to their streaming service outside the US, Japan and Canada. Starting on February 1st, seven Studio Ghibli films will be added to the streaming service each month until all 21 are online by April, and that includes Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. US and Canada residents will be able to stream the films through HBO Max in spring, and with the movies, they are now all available to buy digitally across a range of platforms. The winner of this year's Shokakukan Manga Awards have been unveiled this week with a familiar title joining the winners. Kaguya Summer Love is War along with Soccer Manga Aoshi both took out the Best General Manga Award. Uh, Maiko-san Chino Makanai-san, a manga centred on a girl working as a cook in a Kyoto Geisha Lodge, took home the Best Shonen Manga Award with Nagi's Long Vacation taking out the Best Shoujo Manga Award. Katakawa has revealed the Maiden Abyss franchise is getting a sequel anime project following on from the series' currently airing film, Journey's Dawn. The news was announced with a video showcasing the series so far before unveiling the artwork for the sixth layer of the Abyss. It's unclear if the new project will be another film or a full series, but we'll likely hear more in the coming months. VR MMO series Log Horizon is getting a third season, six years after its second season ended. Named Log Horizon Fall of the Round Table, the series shares the same name as the series' 12th novel and will feature a returning cast and production team. The series started with 30,000 gamers being trapped inside a fantasy online game called Elder Tale, but the first book in this series was actually released two years before Sword Art Online even came onto the scene. 
Staying with Digital Worlds, the Digimon franchise is getting a new anime, rebooting the 1999 Digimon Adventure series. The new anime is set in the year 2020 and will feature a brand new story focusing on Yagami Taichi in his fifth year of the elementary school. The new series will start airing in Japan this April. Netflix have announced their international release of anthropomorphic animal series Beastars with it landing on the surface on March 13 outside Japan. The series first premiered in Japan in October last year, running for 12 episodes and adapting the first arc of Paru Itagaki's manga of the same name. A second season has been announced, but there's no release date as of yet. Heading to the bookshelves and staying with Beastars, author Paru Itagaki says the end is in sight for the manga in her author's note in this week's Weekly Shonen Champion. The manga began in 2016 and has since released over 160 chapters and 17 compiled volumes. Paru added she would work on the story with everything she has until it reaches its end. Also coming to an end are two series which have both had recent anime adaptations. Devilman Saga, the latest entry in Go Nagai's Devilman franchise, is due to end in two chapters time according to Shogakukan's big comic magazine. Devilman Crybaby, a modern adaptation of the story, premiered in Netflix in 2018. And sci-fi gag member uh, Space Battleship Tiramisu is set to end its run after 102 chapters, with its 99th chapter released this month. The franchise had two seasons with 26 episodes which aired in 2018, both available on Crunchyroll and Funimation. And finally, it looks like US audiences will finally get the chance to catch anime film Ride Your Wave, with several theatre chains listing the screening on the 19th of February. The film follows surf-loving college student Hinako, who moves to a small seaside town and falls in love with a firefighter called Minato, who later loses his life at sea. Hinako is devastated by the loss and can no longer even look at the ocean until one day she sings a song that reminds her of their time together and Minato appears in some water nearby. And that's your anime news for the week ending January 26, 2020. Man, this Ghibli thing's becoming a bit of a saga, isn't it? It certainly is. It's, uh, first it's like, we're not going to be streaming, we're not going to be digital at all. And now... <laughs> now now we're everywhere. Pretty much. Yeah, um, I've been wondering, actually, for a while, because you know how, obviously, we started out with... Um, well, we probably started out with earlier than Betamax, but there was Betamax, VCR, uh, DVD, <laughs> Blu-ray... Uh, Blu HD, and DVD, And DVD. now everything is streamed or as data. Mm-mm. I feel, you know how we've had that with music and now people are going back to LPs. Are we mm. going to, I don't know if we're going to go back to VCRs. No. But no. I feel like people want physical things to hold. And yeah. I feel like that's, I'm not sure if that's part of Ghibli's philosophy as to why they didn't want to stream because it would mm. cheat because the, the easy access cheapens the uh, you know the what what you you've got in front of you you'd just be like oh mm. maybe I'll chuck this on in the background whereas if you own it you sort of set out to watch it I don't know yeah. but I'm just wondering if they're going to go eventually with some with with a physical I don't know something physical well, that I mean you can, you, you can do phys buy physical copies of the Ghibli films it's just that they're a bit mm. harder to come by and I think because mm. of that manufacturing limitation perhaps this is their solution to kind of get it shown to more people Maybe. especially I mean let's be honest it's going to be a while until we see another full length film from Studio Ghibli if the recent updates are anything yeah. to be to go by um, so I, I guess reckon, building that hype I reckon um, it doesn't matter too much either way because people in our kind of community are very very fond of collecting things yeah. whether it's like memorabilia or uh, the physical copies of the things that we see online and on tv mm. so i reckon it's like you know 
it's going to get onto streaming services. Everyone on Netflix is going to see it. And then they're going to be like, oh, that's great. I should go out and get that. Mm. Now, you mentioned Space Battleship Tiramisu. Yes. <laughs> and our audience may not or may realise <laughs> that there is an adaptation for the stage yes. for Space Battleship Tiramisu. There's been several. Um, so Space Battleship Tiramisu is a gag-style sci-fi manga. It is brilliant. If anyone hasn't read it or watched it, you must. It, it takes the utter mickey out of Gundam, Neon Genesis, anything in space pretty much that's got giant mechs. Pretty You're sure. going to need to repeat that before I go insane. There is a stage play version. Yes. How, why, where, when, and how... <laughs> well, maybe Not, Japan, we yes. obviously need to go to Japan and catch one of these stage shows to see how it's done, how it translates, because mm. it's it's translatable. It's just how. It's just yeah. the methods. Well, I, I imagine a black background with a guy in a cockpit. <laughs> uh, that's probably how it's going to work. Potentially. Um, oh, we do also wild. do have something else I need to mention that we didn't fit in the news that does uh, connect to that Netflix uh, Ghibli thing, which is Funimation now in Australia, because um, Funimation and uh, several other groups, including Wackenim and Anime Lab, have all merged. Um Funimation now is actually officially moving all of its Australian content to Anime Lab in Australia, New Zealand. Oh, so it's now going to be a you know a single service here instead of having to have Anime Lab and Funimation with having well, half on both. Do I need convenient. to subscribe to a completely other service again? No, no, we we just cancel the Funimation one and keep the Anime Lab one. It's all good. All right, okay. that'll work. So, Wicked. Yeah. So that's what everyone who's listening can do if they've got two subscriptions. Exactly. Wonderful. And I mean, you know, at, at this point they haven't announced any changes to the pricing structure at Anime Lab either. So. That, that's so a win-win. when does that take place? Um, that's started now. Okay. Um, wow. So the the stuff's all starting to show up over on Anime Lab um, in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we do need to actually mention briefly, uh, di- 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 Digimon, <laughs> because it has... If you start rapping, I'll climb over the <laughs> So Digimon, um, for, for those that didn't catch it or this was before their time, Digimon um, was a series that was trying to compete with Pokemon essentially back in the day um, for the same sort of audience type. Digimon um, was a series where a group of kids got digital monsters and were able to travel into a digital world and join their monsters and in digitally this. evolve them as and well digitally evolve them as well and it wasn't just a case of like you know max of two evolutions like pokemon they could keep evolving and merge and all these other things it yeah, was cross really evolving between the other digital it's like it was pretty involved it was pretty involved um, interesting designs and we had the first series digimon adventures and digimon adventures 02 um, mm. which was like the second generation uh, new kids who are younger than the main cast showing up um, and taking over their role they went into darker plots as they went along they i do did. remember that um, but the series kind of just kind of disappeared a little bit from Western, at least, audiences. There's still been films and series. And then until recently, then we had Digimon Adventures Try. Yeah, it was a reboot. Which was a, a six-episode, not so much a reboot, but a continuation oh, okay. of the original series with the main characters as much much older people. Okay. Um, like, you know, end of high school sort of thing. Um, which basically continued the story from back there. Um, but what we're getting now is a full reboot from the very start. And that's coming uh, this year in April, I believe. Um, and it's it's definitely aimed at the younger audience. It's in a 9 a.m. Sunday time slot. So it's it's going to be uh, pretty... It's prime time. Yeah. You've you got to hope they know exactly what they're planning for it <laughs> at this point. So this may not be relevant. Okay. But I happen to possess a framed poster from Pokemon the first movie. Oh. Uh-huh. And, well, actually, it's my brother's. I'm not sure if it's both of ours. Anyway, so we weren't using it. So I decided I'd put it on Facebook Marketplace. 
And usually you get people saying, you know, is this still available? Can I like lowball you? Yeah, yeah. I got a guy message me saying, when can I come pick this up? I will PayPal you the money now. <laughs> I'm very super keen. May I please have it? Did not try and offer any different price. Just went for it. That's How awesome. cool is like pe- people are obviously still into it. It's like mm. I said, man. People in like this kind of community, they we are like huge into memorabilia and collecting. Mm-hmm. And it says in, a lot, and mm-hmm. it's in good nick. So mm-hmm. well, actually, they did reboot the um, YouTube movie as well, and that's landing on Netflix um, soon. They ma- rebooted it as a sort of CG. Yeah, I remember one. seeing the trailer for that ages ago. Yeah, that's just landed on Netflix this week as well. Wicked. So yes, but yes, we do need to get on to the main meat and potatoes of today. <laughs> um, so let's get into our feature. Wi-Fi Radio. Anime history. Yes, and today it's all about anime reboots. And just to be clear, we're not talking about live-action reboots. We're talking about staying within the same medium. You've made an anime Mm. of it, and then you remake it as an anime again. So not an adaptation. Correct. A reboot of the same medium... The same show, just slightly different. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's been so many of them. Oh, haven't there's there? tons. Um, yeah, we we initially thought that you know this was kind of a rare thing. I mean, you look at Western animation. You've got Scooby Doo, Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles, Sonic the Hedgehog, Ben Ten, mm. Dark Tales. Yeah. that's recently had it. Um, Thundercats. Thundercats as well. Teen Titans Go, I think, also happened. Which I think there was one kind of messy. Yeah, uh, that was mixed reviews. I think there was one for He Man of all things. Yeah, really? there was actually, and then there was I think recently Powerpuff Girls as well. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a very common thing, not just in cinema, but in animation mm. as well. For um, especially for American animation, and that can you know it can be a good thing sometimes. It's like you know, an interesting new take yeah. on a piece of art, but occasionally no. Yeah, but um, we we should probably have a look at. We we thought you know anime reboots were kind of something that happened in like the nineties, two thousands. So we went a research and mm-hmm. and <laughs> we were trying to find out. Where the first one was, and, ha- and there have been so many, they so we have. had to wade through quite a few. We, we literally went all the way back to when Tesca, um, the year Tesca started putting actual animation out, and going through it and going, okay, which one of these has been rebooted? Because of course, of Astro Boy has been rebo- mm-hmm. rebooted a number of times, it and has. it started it had its start in in black and white in 1963. Mm. Um, has recently been rebooted. Recently got a new film. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's that was a CGI power. film. I think. I think that yes. had Nicolas Cage in it. I think it did too. Well, you've got he to have someone to be crazy. I think he so. was Dr. Tenma. There yeah. you go, makes sense. Yeah. Um, but the first anime reboot we seem to have found was Cyborg 009. Not 007. No. Um, <laughs> all the other cyborgs in that series are named 00 something. Um, it was in 1979, um, the reboot. The original was actually in 1968. Yikes. Ah, so this goes back a fair while. Yeah, it does. But that that's the first proper reboot. Um, Devilman, for instance, as well, also got a reboot fairly early on. The uh, original Devilman was 1972, that mm-hmm. adaptation. Um, 1979, uh, so only seven years later. And then um, more recently on Netflix as well. Yeah, and there's oh, there's been plenty of reboots of Devilman, actually, over yeah. the years. There's been another two, which we haven't mentioned in here, including films. So wow. the original of Cyborg 009 was which year? Uh, 1968. So wouldn't technically that mean that Astro Boy would be the earliest reboot? Well, it's the earliest one 
to have been rebooted, but the first one to be rebooted was Cyborg 009 because that reboot came out in 1979 and Astro Boy's reboot was 1980. I get what you mean. You're talking about the date that the reboot came out. Okay, cool. Yes. (laughs) Now I understand. Because uh, otherwise we could go a lot further back and have a look at some Japanese novels which were adapted into a sort of silent movie Again, style things. Again, that would be an adaptation. Exactly. Well, no, no. There's the a lot adaptation of, uh... to screen was early and then they adapted that into an anime later on. There's there's only a few of them. Which makes me actually kind of wonder like, what the uh, whole culture and um, how yeah. do people perceive these reboots? Are they really you know, welcomed? Yeah, that, that, that's a, a good question. It does seem, I mean, we, we've mentioned this before on a few things like with um, Gundam, aka Alita, Battle Angel, mm-hmm. that there's not so much of a, a focus on looking at things in the past in Japan. They're very forward focused. Hmm. So when these reboots come out, a, a lot of people just see them for what they are as opposed to obsessing over something that was in the past. So they would look at it as a completely new it, it, it seems to be that way, yeah. So separate. Yeah. Okay, I mean, whereas we are more inclined to sort... to some, I, f- I feel that we're more inclined to look at reboots as an extension of the first one, yeah. just like redo it, a redo. Oh, yeah, yeah, I reckon we are like heavily nostalgia-focused here. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, like, l- let's have a look. I mean, there's... When it's usually done, these reboots are because either the source material has varied from what was done in the first version or the original writer wasn't happy with the final product Mm. Mm -hmm. or they want to expand on the story because they were limited. Well, Fruits Basket, the the writer wasn't happy with. No. Correct. That that is absolutely correct. Yeah, because I heard that apparently they, um, they missed out a lot. They skipped over because she was writing the manga. At the time, yeah. Sorry, was it a she or a he? She, I believe, yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, and it, it's it's a shame because that's, you know, I, I understand adapting, you know, mangas while they're popular. That makes sense. Mm. But when you try to wrap up the entire show when it's not finished, you often will end up either frustrating the creator mm. or frustrating the audience. It kind of depends. Um There's been a lot of notable reboots in recent years. Sailor Moon had Sailor Moon Crystal come out. Um, Original Sailor Moon 92, Sailor Moon Crystal 2014. Have I told you how Sailor Moon ruined my chemistry exam? I think I have. (laughs) Anyway, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I'm still sore about that. Okay, well, the original Sailor Moon series actually has a lot of filler, which was never mentioned in the manga. Um, Yeah. To an extent of almost 50% filler. Get out, really? Really? And that's why the 2014 Sailor Moon series actually covers the entire manga in only about 30 episodes. Oh, wow. Okay. So it it says a lot. Yeah, there was like hundreds of episodes of like the original. There were three series, Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon... R, S, 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 and then something else. Sailor Moon USSR? Of course, we can't talk about filler if we... Don't mention Dragon Ball. No, you can't. And that, that's you've got original Dragon Ball, and then there was Dragon Ball Kai, which was trying to make the, um, I think it was the whole or they just got the Z rid saga. Of, yeah, I think it was the the Z saga. Yeah. They, um, they, they got rid of Garlic Junior. 
<laughs> and of course, this sort of thing happens for a lot of like shonen series, especially Naruto is yeah. famous for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Bleach, I believe, had a bunch of it as well. Mm-hmm. Like to the tune is like where the manga they had caught up to the manga. They're like, quick, just throw a filler episode at it. It comes out tomorrow. Yeah, I think that happened in one of the uh, later. I think it's called Arankara arc. Okay. Yeah. Well, there is one that I discovered through this research that I haven't seen and I really want to see. Mm-hmm. It's Here Comes Miss Modern. Oh, yes. yeah, I do that remember hearing about that. looks actually really cool. Because that was 1978. It was very, very was indicative telling, of its time, wasn't well, it? It was telling the story of uh, a young woman who's living in the 1920s oh. period. And it's, she's trying to be sort of her own woman, yeah, go she, her own way. Yeah, whereas like she, she doesn't want to get into an arranged marriage. She's a tomboy. Mm. She, you know, she, she, wa- she wears Western clothing. She's sort of just in standing the 1920s. up for herself. Yes. That's pretty crazy. It's yeah, very it's a uh, sort of proto-feminist material. And then mm. there was a reboot for it. Uh, when did that Th- come there around? There were two two reboot films which covered the entire thing. It was 2017 and 2018 as a Whoa. part one and part two. Oh, well, we'll um, have to watch that. Yeah. Surprisingly, um, one I didn't realise was quite old, Humanoid Monster Bem. Now, we mentioned this briefly last year as an anime we couldn't find too much information about as it was airing um, for its reboot then. But it was originally came out in 1968 it's had a reboot series in 2006. In between there, oh. there have been films. And this 2019 one was yet again another reboot oh. with a different take on the story. Yeah, that sounds huge. Yeah. Why is it so difficult to find, you figure? Uh, at the time, no one had picked up the streaming rights to it. Wow. So I, I don't know if that's changed since then. I haven't had a chance to look. But it just it didn't get the, you know, the... I guess you the could exposure. say the exposure mm. that um, it was looking for. But, I mean, th- there's a lot here. There's Hunter x Hunter, Dororo, Helsing, Astro Boy, Devilman, Gatchaman, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, yeah. Fate Stay Night, Ashita no Joe. Admittedly, oh, the yes, Ashita no Joe. Admittedly, the, the reboot it's of Ashita no Joe is Megalobox, which are very different. Ashita no Joe is just boxing. And Megalobox is more uh, cybernetic boxing. Cybernetic but it boxing. sort of takes... Because it, it, Megalobox was made to commemorate mm. Ashton Joe. It was. Wasn't it? So it's not the exact story, but it's got bits of it where it's honouring it. Exactly. Which, oh, and the character's design for it is so on point. It's like Amazing. As an homage to the original. The homage. Mm. Homage. Uh, uh, an homage? <laughs> um, yeah. There's also Kino's Journey as well. And, of course, Gundam, because we, mm. we constantly course. see sort of rehashes of Gundam stories. Admittedly, they're all different but sometimes you do get those reboot ideas where Mm -hmm. they'll take you know uh, Gundam Unicorn and reboot into a new version of it. There was a recent series of Gundam which is um, they uh, build the Gundam like these are kids building like small scale Gundam and then using particles to basically bring them to life to fight on a small scale Gundam Builders is a reboot yeah, it's, as well, um, yeah. It, it's pretty crazy. So they have just multiple different stories for this single kind of IP. I, uh, do, would you call that uh, rebooting? It's hard to know. It's it, it's a reboot or a reimagination. It's, mm. it's, it's kind of hard to tell. But we do need to talk about probably one of the most well-known reboots that's happened in recent memory. And we'll be right back after this. Hawaii-fi! I think I watched that as a kid. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Back catalogue. And this is at the top of the list for a lot of people. It Indeed, really it's is. actually at the top of the list for my anime list. Ooh. It sits at number one with a 9.22 star rating, followed closely by Steins Gate at 9.11 rating. Wow. I'm talking, of course, about Full Metal Alchemist. Yes. And the reboot, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And there wasn't, 
you know, surprisingly, there wasn't a massive amount of time between them. Uh, no, kind of. They were pretty, uh, they happened pretty quickly after each other. Mm-hmm. And there is actually kind of some reasoning for that, I guess. Yeah, well, look, let's, let's start from, like, the bottom. And that's the manga. And that mm-hmm. started in 2000 and run and ran through to 2010. 108 chapters, 27 volumes. And during that time, it won the 49th Shokukaken Manga Award in the Shonen category back Oof. in 04. Prestigious is, enough. Mm-hmm. It is good. It is very good. Oh, so I should go into the story, of course. Of course. Yes. All right. Now, this takes place in a sort of an alternate world where there is a power called alchemy, the ability to take existing materials and to transmute them into whatever you need at the time. Mm. Like you can turn a broken old radio into a brand spanking new fully working radio just with the materials that you have. Mm. Which which is very cool when you see it in the show. Yeah, it um it kind of gives the world uh like rules and limitations to what you can and can't do. Uh, the story follows uh the brothers Edward and Alphonse Elric. They've tried to use alchemy in a kind of a taboo and forbidden way, mm. resurrecting their deceased mother. Is that necromancy? Uh, yes. Necroalchemy? Necroalchemy. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. I believe that fits. Um, they kind of pay a heavy price for it. It works, but also really, 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 really doesn't. Doesn't yeah. work at all. No, not at all. The thing they bring back is not their mother, and uh, they lose life and limb in the process. Yeah. Uh, Alphonse, his entire body is vanished into a mysterious realm, and his spirit is bound in a suit of armour. Edward loses his arm and leg and has to have them replaced with a prosthetic mm. combat male called Automail. I think Edward loses his leg to the... To the um um, ritual for his mother, mm. then loses the arm when he places Al and binds him to the suit yes. of armor. That's right. Yes, it's, the the series, the original series, Full Metal Alchemist, just titled that, ran in two thousand and three, and only had two years of content to work with, didn't it? Pretty much, yes. And you know, they, they were instead asked at Studio Bones to create an original story mm. based off the information they had, and uh, there was some pretty interesting facts around that. I, I remember reading to do yeah. with the um, the writer. Really? Um, actually, on, on the note of the writer, Arakawa Hiromo, Hiromu is actually a male pen name for uh, the writer. Her real name is Arakawa Hiromi. Yeah, she worried that people wouldn't take her seriously as a shonen manga writer if they knew she was a woman. Unfortunately, Mm. I mean, I can see that happening. Yeah. There is... Not not so much the case now. A lot of the big shonens are written by women. It's true. Mm, That's true. But back then... then. Well, I hope it helped her because Mm -hmm. if this is where it got her... Yeah. I mean, this is this. It's such a good series. What I enjoyed, I I've only ever seen Brotherhood. Mm. I loved the way that it mixes everything together. It has comedy, drama, everything in between. A lot and of drama. Yeah. Of drama. It's oh my gosh! It's got like it's the origin of, of one of the most horrific things yeah. I've almost ever seen in an anime. Product probably one of yeah, it's up there. Yeah, one of the saddest events I've ever witnessed in an yep. anime. So horrible, in fact, that you're not even still allowed to talk on it on some of the worst places on the internet. They shun you if you mention it. Yeah, oh, no, I was I was talking about Hughes. Oh, oh the Hugh, first Hughes one was, was pretty the, sad. It's really hard to tell. There are a lot of just yes. deeply emotional, heartbreaking moments in this series. But there's also. Alexander Louis Armstrong. Oh, <laughs> Armstrong is amazing. He's so cool. He's and his sort sister. of like he's a muscle wizard. He's this just he constantly strips off mm. his jacket to become shirtless and flex his glorious muscles. So in this world, you can use 
well, magic, except mm-hmm. it's more, it's called alchemy. And um, it, it requires yeah. some prerequisites to you, such as creating a circle on the floor and drawing you know, ideograms onto it. It's uh, There's a sort of a fundamental rule to the alchemy that to gain something, an alchemist has to sacrifice something of equal value of mm. in a sort of way. Yeah, which is why um, Al lost his body and yeah. Ed lost his leg. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, the second animation, uh, Fullman Alchemist Brotherhood, actually aired in two thousand and nine, and that finished a month after the manga finished. Oh. Um, and they worked closely with the original source material and the writer Arakama Hiromu, and it. it Apparently, she showed the director, Yashika Iro, her plans for the manga's ending so that they could both reach the end at a similar time. That's mm. so smart. Yeah, and he was like, whoa. <laughs> well, it's funny, but uh, with the original, because a lot of people think that, um, I mean, it's the case for other animes like uh, Helsing Abridged, that mm. uh, a new ending was made because... Uh, Helsing the- Abridged? Uh, sorry, Helsing Ultimate. <laughs> I keep getting those two mixed up. It's I've only seen Helsing Abridged. So. <laughs> YouTube that. Anyway. Um, so occasionally it happens that an ending for an anime is kind of changed from the manga when mm. uh, the anime catches up to the manga. And because the manga was monthly, of course, that's bound to happen. But uh, yeah. no, Arakara actually allowed Bones, in fact, requested that Bones... Um, work completely independently of her initial plans for the end of the manga. She uh, wanted them to write an ending that was different. Uh, She saw the idea of an anime going down the exact same path of the manga as an unnecessary repetition, which is kind of bizarre to think about. People these days are obsessed with authenticity in a lot of their media if it derives from a source. They Mm. want it to be the same, but she did not. It's like prioritizing imagination. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So what was different about the original versus Brotherhood? Well, the, um, the original kind of covered some stuff which wasn't explored in Brotherhood. Um, yeah, there were a lot of stories which were covered in more episodic detail. In, um, yeah. They were mentioned in passing or like characters were introduced who would reference something that had happened mm. in that original series. But, you know, if you were watching, you're just like, huh, okay, I guess that happened off screen. Yeah. It, and, it's um, interesting because some of the stories that were introduced, such as the the main first story in Full Metal Alchemist, not Brotherhood, is where they go to the town of Lyon and they're searching for um, the Philosopher's Stone. Now, that does happen later in Brotherhood, but mm. only for like an episode. And it sort of, it leads into that a little and it's shorter than it should Much be. Much shorter. In uh, the original, it's two episodes long and there are returns to it and callbacks to it because it was mm. kind of a pivotal moment. It really okay. was. And there's a lot of other bits and pieces which were left out, which were in the manga and didn't appear in either. Mm. And um, the villain and the ending are, of course, entirely different. Oh, yeah. Uh, The story of the uh, shadowy organization of creatures after the Philosopher's Stones called the Homunculi, they have an entirely different origin story and actually have a lot more uh, characterization Mm. in... um, Full Metal Alchemist original. Yeah. Not that what you get in Brotherhood is anything to like sniff at. It's yeah. how they're presented in that is, ooh, they are crazy things they, of they nightmare. They do a really yeah. good job of making them very, very clearly to be the villains of the story. Whereas, Not just villains, but like imposing and yeah. alien and scary. Whereas in that, um, in the original one, they didn't so much seem as the villains more like they were following someone's order, more henchmen-y. Mm. 
um, which was kind of a you know a big difference. Granted, the they actually had their own sort of motives and stuff, but yeah, they were definitely uh, puppets on someone else's strings. Mm. You know what I really enjoyed about it as well? Mm-hmm. I liked how there was that end goal always in place. We have to find the Philosopher's Stone so that we can get Al his body back. Mm. That was the main thing. And that it, it wasn't ever really sort of left by the wayside. And they have, they work their way there. They get there. Yeah. And we get to see everything. Mm. It's amazing. But even then, it's like one that they start learning about the Philosopher's Stone, why it oh. exists, how it has formed. It Ooh. raises a whole lot of sort of philosophical... Um, ethical questions. Ethical hey? questions mm. about sort of like, should we do this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the final... The, the way the series ends is so unexpected oh you mean uh brotherhood of brotherhood course, yes. yeah i don't it, know i'd say the original is also unexpected yeah, well they're both unexpected <laughs> yeah. but with brotherhood that ending like don't me wrong i absolutely adore it i think it was the perfect resolution to the mm. situation and very smartly done but you don't see it coming you don't realize what they do is an option mm. and that is something of that that's great storytelling when it actually you know they suddenly introduce something which you would never have considered before, but it makes sense. And it still works within the bounds of what you sort of know about this world. Mm-hmm. It works within the rules. It's not sort of like a game changer. Exactly. But I, I, I greatly enjoyed it. And mm. I, I can highly recommend anyone who hasn't seen Full, Alchem- Full Metal Alchemist, either of them, you should check them out. And I'm mm. pretty sure both Brotherhood and the original were on Netflix. I think only uh, the originals there, on Netflix There's at the a moment. live action adaptation. E. On yeah. Netflix, we haven't watched that yet. But I've we watched started. a bit of it, and um, you yeah. heard some bad things about it, didn't you? Yeah, they uh, tried to pack the entire series of anime into two and a half hours. I liked Ooh. that's the a recipe CG. for disaster. It was very pretty. The CG was pretty. But I mean, I, I haven't finished it yet. So. But I actually got to tell you, it is actually hotly debated online which is better out mm. of the original. And the uh, really reboot, yeah, it is hotly contested. It's practically controversy. I'm probably inviting a hatred just by mentioning it, because um, I think it's just a matter of preference, isn't it? I honestly have to say it's not even that. It's both. It has to be both because each one plays to different strengths. Each one has an indif- a kind of a different style of animation in yeah. and of themselves. The original is like uh, the proportions are slightly different. Hands and feet are kind of bigger, but there is. Also reasoning behind that, there's a whole hand motif that's always in the manga. Mm. Uh, but uh, it's each one of them does something different. I have to say, see them both and you'll get sort of a complete story. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. I mean, pers- for, for me, from a storytelling perspective, I prefer Brotherhood over the original. But I love the original as well. They're both great animes, mm. and together they perform. They can you know give you the whole story. But interestingly, something that um, the writer said was that she saw the manga as more adult and teen orientated, and both of the series, not just the original series, as aimed at children. And when you think about what happens in both of those series, they are not aimed at children. Yeah, it's no, there's some con- well maybe if it's. You know, a learning experience, but my God, there's some confronting stuff. Define yeah. children. Exactly. And I mean, <laughs> you've got to consider where uh, the writer actually came from with some of the things she uh, researched for this. She spoke to actual World War II veterans about mm. PTSD and being in battle, losing everything, losing limbs. So that's how she knew how to rip our hearts out when yeah. things when we're not bad. going to mention. More than happened. that, uh, there's a whole side story. Well, actually, part of the main plot about um, a country that was involved in a massacre in the story called Ishvala. Mm. 
it's um it, it's kind of stylized to look Middle Eastern almost. Kind of, mm-hmm. yes. Um very, very uh, out of the way and more primitive in comparison to sort of like this regimented army. Mm. And the whole thing about it is in the story there is a massacre there. And the way the different characters react to it, a lot of them regret their actions, regret that they followed orders, regret that they were ever there to begin with. It is actually based on some semi-historic events in Japan yeah, involving the Aboriginal people of... um, Oh, Hokkaido, the Ainu? Isn't it? Yeah. Yes, the Ainu of Hokkaido. They were uh, displaced by Japanese mainlanders some centuries ago. Yeah, which yeah. has been interesting as well. Like Golden Kamoi actually visited that story as well. Mm. The uh, thing about that is the uh, writer Arakawa's parents, on one side they were displacers. They were oh. Japanese mainlanders who were actually involved in this. And her other ancestors were also the displaced. So wow. the Ainu... She is wow. basically stuck in the middle of that. She had a lot of stories to tell in just this one thing. Yes, yeah, definitely. It shows. That's fascinating. It's, mm-hmm. I can't watch this anime again in the same light just knowing these details about yeah. it. There's so um, much going on. So, something interesting to, to end on as well. So Arakawa also won the fifth Manga Taisho Award. Wow. That was in 2012. But this wasn't for Full Metal Alchemist. This was for a series she created after Full Metal Alchemist called Silver Spoon, oh. which mm. is set a lot more grounded in the real world. Um, and I think it's from memory, it's to do with a young girl. Um, She's got um, some pr- other like really decent stories to her credit. Uh, Hero's Tale of 2007 and Arslan Senki of 2015. I think. Yeah, so she did the uh, manga adaptation from the novels that it was based on. Which That's is, right. Yeah. What's Silver Spoon about? Um, I didn't have a chance to have a look at the full Okay, uh, we're going to come back with that we'll because to come back it with could that. be anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we need to get on to our next uh, reboot, which we're talking about. Which and is your favourite. It's my favourite thing it. ever. It's what started this off for you. It really is. And it's actually got its fourth film coming out this year. Woohoo! The Wi-Fi Radio. We'll be there on time. There's 20 minutes of ads. Cinema Club. And there has been regularly 20 minutes of ads as we gag it, every it's time. It's always a thing. It's yeah. constant. Now, we're talking about... Neon Genesis Evangelion, of because course. Of course we bloody of have course to. we have to. <laughs> um, and we're actually talking about its rebuild films, as they've been dubbed. Now, these are a reboot of the original series by director and creator Ano Hideaki. And so the original series, if you're not aware, was created in 1995, ran for 26 episodes, had two films to complement the ending due to budgetary restrictions. And the story is as such. In the year 2000, the world was shook by what was called the Second Impact. I thought you were about to say Y2K. <laughs> yes, it was the Y2K vote. It was definitely the Y2K vote. Um, a global cataclysm which destroyed Antarctica and led to the death of half the human population on Earth. In the year 2015, the world stands again on the brink of destruction. Humanity's last hope lies in the hands of NERV, a special agency under the United Nations and their Evangelions, giant machines capable of defeating the monstrous angels who are trying to bring the Earth to ruin. After many years apart, 14-year-old Shinji Ikari is summoned by his father, the head of NERV, and thrust into a traumatic role. He must become the pilot of Evangelion Unit 1 and fight the angels, and the fate of mankind is on his shoulder. This thing is a staple for the mecha genre. Mm. We've talked about Neon Genesis before on this podcast, back when it landed on Netflix, but we've not really talked about the series reboot and why it was rebooted. And Mm. firstly, just 
just a few little fun facts <laughs> about Neon Genesis. The word Evangelion is in relation to the ancient Greek term for good messenger or good news. And the name was chosen in part for its religious sim- symbolism and because Anno said he liked the word because it sounded complicated. I like that. Yeah. I, I just like, like him being honest about it. Like, it I just sounds, thought it sounded cool. I it just used it. It does sound cool. <laughs> it does. I think it's I think if if my training is correct, uh, it's a neutral term. Mm-hmm. So it's neither male nor female. It isn't. Um, Anno also became disillusioned with Japanese otaku culture during the series' production. Wow. And due to this, this is apparently why the plot of the series became increasingly dark and psychological. This all happened despite the fact that the show was being broadcast in a children's show time slot. What time was it being shown? About 9am. What? (laughs) Apparently Anno felt people should be exposed to the realities of life at as young an age as possible. Between the Pokemon epilepsy incident and this, I worry for Japanese children. The Pokemon epilepsy incident actually stopped Anno from wanting to make TV series because of restrictions. (laughs) That it had made on TV production. I, w- I just said that as a throwaway joke. My God, that really has um, just had the lasting consequences. Yeah. My heart goes out to him. He yeah. would have been in such a dark place mm. to have been like, you know what? They need to know, man. Well, Anno <laughs> suffered from depression for his whole life. It's been a struggle for mm. him. And this actually was further compounded. Um, if For those who have watched the entire Neon Genesis series and got to the end and went, what on earth just happened? Mm-hmm. Um Budgeting issues at Gynax, and we have mentioned this before yes. in relation to Gurren Lagann, um, <laughs> forced Anno to replace the planned ending of the series with episodes set inside the main characters' minds and exploring their psyches and emotional challenges while the show ending played out. Yeah, at that point, it, I got a little confused. Yeah. Um, the ending, as you can imagine, didn't go well with fans. So, in 97, they launched a project to readapt the ending into a feature-length film, but... Budgeting issues left the film half finished with only 27 minutes of animation done. This became the back end of Evangelion Death and Rebirth. Um, Anno then received letters of encouragement and Mm. criticism from Mm. fans, including death threats. And eventually the project culminated in the end of Evangelion film. That was the full-blown three-act film that served as a full ending to the series. Can, Can you imagine having depression and getting hate mail? Yeah. That's he would have had to have had a good just therapist. Guys, Very good don't therapist. do that. That's, that's, that's rude. Yeah. Guys, if, if anyone wants to write anything hateful, just imagine if the person is right in front of you. Don't pretend the screen is hiding them because it's not hiding either of I you. I don't think that would stop some people. Yeah. No, yeah. but Alas. one day people will be accountable. Yes, I know it. They will. Now... Let, let's get on to the, the important part here. The rebuild of Evangelion. So the first series came out. It wasn't initially successful during that children's time slot for obvious reasons. <laughs> it was then shifted to a later time shot for a, re, a later time slot for a rerun and it became an instant classic. And it, it's well known in the anime it's community. so well recognised as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was already a cult classic of uh, anime. So the fact that a, reboot, a rebuild was coming out, everyone would just be like, get on that, get on that now. Now, the rebuild of Evangelion, known in Japan as Evangelion New Theatrical Edition, hmm. is a retelling of the original Neon Genesis story over four films. It started in 2007 and the fourth and final film is due for release this July. <gasps> Anno Hideako began working on the films in 2002 
Um, he rewatched apparently the entire original series repeatedly while working on pre-production, mm. but he was delayed by several other projects he agreed to work on <laughs> until 2006, including Shin Godzilla. Uh, no, Shin that that's that's a later delay. Um, it, Cutie Honey OVAs. Oh. Yep, Magical Girls. I don't know why. I just um, so the fourth film is coming out this year, and this it's going to be the last one, yes. right? Uh, I can't. I can't begin to imagine what the ending is going to look like. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Because Let me it's, guess. It's he has just saved 50% of the entire budget of it just for the ending. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> um, Anno left Gynax. Oh. Um, he left Gynax on pretty bad terms, and they still owe him a bucket load of money. Um, he founded Studio Kara, which is his own studio in 2006, for the express purpose of creating the rebuild Neon Genesis films. Um, I'm glad he took all the rights with him. Yeah, well, he, he negotiated to get them back. Um, there's mm. a very interesting article that came out a few weeks ago that I can't remember if it was on Variety or Vox, mm. um, and it was looking at why he left them and the struggles he's had since, and they're still in legal disputes over this. Um, it's a mess because Gynax has stopped being... Gynax originally was founded as... You know, a lot of people who are passionate about anime making original animes, mm. Did and it, it was get too corporate. It got way too corporate and way too greedy. Um, by the sounds of it, it, it lo- sounds like essentially the company's done everything to get as much money as possible, and then divest all that into a secondary company called Gynax North, so which is oh separate no. from Gynax, so that money can't. Yeah, it's oh a, no. it, is a, it is shady and a disaster. It's why we haven't seen anything for Gynax in years and why so many studios came out of Gynax <sighs> because wow. so many people had enough of the corporate policy and left. <sighs> um, so the films have seen many delays. Um, 2006, um, we got confirmation that the first Neon Genesis film, uh, Evangelion 1.0, You Are Not Alone, uh, not in brackets in every time the word not is said for these films, uh, that came out in 2007, and the plan was for them to come out every 18 months. So 2007, 2009, and then have part three and four come out as a double feature um, in uh, 2010 or 2012, I believe. I still remember when... um there was a real short teaser shown for the first film mm. and there were crowds. Yeah. And they saw it and it was only like six seconds or something. I don't know. It was so short, but the cheer that went up it was so was loved. It was a good everyone. six seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, what ended up happening was in 2009, Evangelion 2.0 came out, which was You Cannot Advance. And when it, once again, not in brackets. And then... It was 2012, three years later, before 3.0 came out. And the preview from at the end of Evangelion 2.0 did not match what was done for 3.0 at all. And the Evangelion 3.0 preview does not match what looks like it's coming for Evangelion 3.0 plus one this year. And that's an eight-year gap. Yeah, we're going to get surprises. You might be wondering why the big gap. Originally, it was planned to release in 2015, and the film was indefinitely delayed due to um, Anno's involvement in the 2016 film Shin Godzilla for Toei Animation. Uh-huh. He also spoke about how Evangelion had burned him out by 2015, <laughs> and with okay. the troubled production of the third film, because there were issues at the same time with Gainax around then, um, it sent him into a deep depression, and this appeared mm. to be remedied by Toho offering him to reboot the Godzilla franchise with that film. He later then blamed the production of Shin Godzilla for delaying the fourth film. <laughs> well, I mean, if I mean, 
it was. It was. It, that, that's what it was. But I mean, like, it looked he. That film was amazing. It was. He did such a good job with it. He did. I mean, Shin Godzilla is amazing. Of course, he's going to feel burned out though. This thing started in 1995, and it's uh, 2020 now. It's yep, yep. That so, is a that's a heck of a project. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the films because. Mm-hmm. There are some differences. This isn't the same Neon Genesis that you would have seen. Still unfamiliar ceilings? Mm-hmm. Many okay. unfamiliar ceilings. So Evangelion 1.0 covers the series' first six episodes, and it climaxes in the fight with Ramiel, the floating fortress Diamond City. Mm. It's very similar to the original series, but you start noticing improved graphics and animation, a lot less um, wasted time is cut out, and there's along with you know slight design tweaks as well towards the aliens so mm-hmm. um the angels sorry so the story is a lot more streamlined and it's very good and you're, you're yeah. getting you know six episodes in the same amount of time but with a lot of the fat cut and more info given okay. and i would definitely back you up on the uh updated animation it's Oof. there yeah. is this clip Stunning. of uh shinji running eva unit one across a city and it's just <gasps> how it's cracking the sound barrier blowing yeah. cars to the side and in fights, it's like the punches and the hits and the blasts, they feel more impactful. They feel more yeah. tangible. They feel like they hit. They yes. feel like they hit you. Yeah. <laughs> so Evangelion 2.0 is where things really start to change. Um, we're introduced to a new pilot, which is yes. Mari Illustrious Makanami, and she pilots the provisional Unit 5, which was never seen in the series. In the original series, Unit 5 exploded during a test in North America. Along with the uh, pilot, this additional the American NERV yeah. branch, obliterating the base, killing all people in North America who evolved with NERV. Whoa. Um, taking out what some of their supercomputers. A lot of stuff. It just wiped them out. Instead, the film opens, showing the fight between Unit 5 and the resuscitated skeleton of the Third Angel. Um, the Third right. Angel was never shown in um, the anime's... Mm. proper series if that makes sense mm. Mary kills the angel and escapes but it does still result in the destruction of Nerd's arctic Bethany base now fun little fact there we, we know that Neon Genesis loves to play with Christian mythology and storytelling through its themes it's in the name yeah many of the bases are named after locations in the Holy Land Bethany is in the West Bank and was the site where Jesus is said to have brought Lazarus back from the dead it makes sense for an angel, angel to reincarnate uh-huh. inside a place so cool. called Bethany. Pretty cool. The rest of the film follows much of the series' original plot with the addition of the new characters, but it also removes some of what can be considered filler. So, like, the Jet Alone um, competitor, which is um, a robot they made, which was nuclear, made by the Japanese government to be a competitor to the Evangelions. Uh-huh. Um, when they go magma diving to get a uh, unusual angel, which is in its childish form inside a volcano, or the Virus Angel, they, they are taken out of the story altogether to kind of slim it down. It, instead, this covers episodes 7 to 19. It's a lot of stuff to be covered. And the series ends with the fight against Zuriel, the unit, um, with Unit 1 once again eating this angel. This is the one which had the strange sort of toilet rolly arms which it fired out and sliced oh, things and yeah. brought back. They yeah. And they fight it in the geo front and it was very, you know, big, big climax. Mm-hmm. This is where everything changes because... the. This instead, in the original series, the Evangelion becomes an almost godlike creature because it's now it's ingested an angel, if you will. Um, and kind of assimilated its biology into its yeah, weird form. This time, the worst possible outcome happens, the third impact. 
Oh. Yeah. Now, I don't think you've um, seen the third film. I know Coco has seen it and it's absolutely mm. out of this world. I won't ruin any surprises to you, but a lot has changed. Yes. This because is... the third impact was kind of averted in the original one, exactly. right? Exactly. Whoa, okay. Yeah. The world has been reshaped. Allegiances have changed, and the only thing that remains from the original story is the introduction of Kawaru and his romantic interest for Shinji. That's the only thing that's the same. Whoa. That's it. Some people really didn't like it. Like, it it's a pretty drastic change from the original story. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine people going, what on earth is going on? Because it feels very raw. It's very apocalyptic. Um, and I loved it. Like, this is what I wanted to see. Like, we saw little hints of change in the second film. I wanted the third film to be something completely new, something I'd never seen before. It was, And wasn't I wasn't it? expecting what I got, and I loved it. That kind of mirrors what happened with uh, Full Metal Alchemist. It's like, yeah, the manga went in one direction, but then the animation went, woo! You know, yeah. Something completely different. So... And it's we're so used to getting things that we are expecting. Mm. It's like we expect those expectations to be fulfilled. Yeah. And that's not for us to decide. It isn't. And yeah, it seems like the animators and like a lot of creators in Japan just like, we've seen that. We want to do something else with it now. Yeah. And I mean, with Anno, this was his story to begin with. I mean, others did contribute mm. to it, but he, you know, it's his core idea. Yeah, it is. And, you know. He's all, he's all through it. He's all through it. Let him have his, let him have his run with it. Yeah. But um, the third, uh, sorry, fourth film, which is Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, and then it's got the musical notation for end repeat uh-huh. um, after it, which is the twin dots and two lines. Oh, yes. Um that's due out in July in Japan this year. So hopefully this year we'll get to see it in our cinemas because oh, they I di- have to. I, the last three did not, not make it to the cinemas here for us. I want to see this. This needs. We need to petition. Get a petition running. A film festival of Let's just Evangelion start. films. I, I should get in touch with Anime Honestly, Lab and be like, hey if, guys. <laughs> you know what? People would flock if there were all, like, if there was like a double bill of film one and two, break, film three and four. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Like, you just get enough of a time for, like, a lunch break and then you go back in and watch... Like an, oh. hour and, like an hour and a half. Yeah. So you can go and relax and breathe a bit. And yes. People would pay a hefty or, amount for a big just double feature over, like that. Or just do it over two nights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, do, do, like, a... Yes. A Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Because oh. mid- midweek, midweek wonders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, if you've got four hours of film, you might be a bit exhausted by the end of that. We need to get this happening. (laughs) Anyway, we will come back to this another episode when we uh, have sent an email off to Anime Lab and said, do the things. (laughs) Um, But for that, that's where we've got to end it for today. Kawaii Radio. And that's where we need to leave things for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Next episode, we're talking about anime that makes you want to cry. Oh, the ones that make you want to ugly cry. The ones that leave you in a pile on the floor. <laughs> ones that make you never want to leave your house for a year, keeping all the blinds permanently closed oh. as you order takeout from the takeout, asking your friends to go shopping for you as you hide oh. in your dark oh. den, surrounded by trash like a tanuki oh. badger mm. and takeaway oh. bags. Uh, and, uh, uh, Kyle... Do you want to talk about this? Nope, I'm good. Uh, yeah. But we will find out which anime did this to him next episode. Now, we? before we do get on to the next episode information, we need to talk about what anime you would reboot. Ooh, um, it's it's a hard say, question, isn't it? I want to say Outlaw Star. 
Oh, yeah, Animal Store was pretty good. Because that yeah. was like a great sci-fi. I would love to see that with updated graphics. That actually makes me feel... Actually, I mean, I love Trigun as it is. Ooh. But I would love to see an updated Trigun with new, the modern graphics and engines that they could use. Because they could really do something special with it. I could see that. I want to see Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I want it. I want to see it rebooted and in the current style. I don't know. Whatever mm. style an artist decides to do it in, mm. I want to see it reimagined and put back out there. And I want to. I just want to see it. That oh. just sounds great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, what would you do, Kyle? I, I think it has to be Trigun. It's. It's. Yeah. As I said, yeah. like, I, I, I'm now doubling down. So I want to see Trigun redone. Right. I want to see Trigun redone. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So if you've enjoyed listening, make sure you like and subscribe to get our latest episode straight to your device. And don't forget to check out our Instagram and Facebook for breaking anime news and some videos. Always some videos, yes. You've been listening to Quiet Fire Radio. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, watch, watch some anime. anime.